This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to everyone out there, Rambling About Racing Nation, episode 165 of Rambling About Racing, coming at you from the ITM Media Studio here in South Carolina. I'm Matt Beamer. If this is your first time here, joined as always, or for most of the time now, good streak going. Preston Lude, how's it going, buddy? Good streak. I like that. That's good. Yeah. It is a streak so far. So far, man, you're batting 100 for the month lot- of March. Don't play the lottery yet, though. No, I'm not going to play the lottery <laughs> yet because I know exactly. I I know the trend sometimes oh with, with you. With uh, We get in a good run, then one thing after another happens, and then it just goes kaput. I mean, you, it, you're new to me. Yeah, I, it's not me. <laughs> I, I'm here weekly doing this show, man. Uh, it's, it's great to do this, but, you know, I had an epiphany today. Okay, let's hear it. When we started this show, we called it, in the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. Yes, I Cat, know. Catchy name like that. It was that. very catchy. It was a very catchy name. We re, since rebranded into what is now Rambling About Racing, and I'm not upset about that at all. I think it's a good name. It's catchy and stuff. We, I, you already mentioned today you got a message saying, hey, somebody else took your podcast name. It's like, no, we, we're on it, but they haven't responded back to us yet. I don't know why, but they haven't. But then it occurred to me that in this same neighborhood that we're in that we recreated in the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast right. back in 2019. That's right. You're totally correct. And, and since then, I mean, we've had a lot happen. COVID, yes. me moving twice, babies, all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to be back here just one-on-one rambling about racing. Yeah. But how's life, man? My life is good. Tired. I, I see you got a Michael McDowell shirt on. Oh, this is actually from like uh, it's from the Monster- David Reagan. This is David Reagan days it's, right here. It's it's from the Monster Energy days right yes, there. Yes, this is David Reagan right here. Who got you that? My brother did. Oh, for nice. Christmas. Oh, nice. Well, he actually, uh, I can't remember what the um, the occasion. I wanted, I wanted to say no. The website, I think it's like Racing Warehouse or something like that. They have a bunch of like old stuff. Funny you say that, Preston. Yes, yeah, so because I have reached out to race ra- the Racing Warehouse think, about a I potential sponsorship. Yeah, I think I, that I, is I, the website. I've reached out to them countless times about being a sponsor on the show. In fact, we did a mystery box opening for that. It of course didn't make it to YouTube because I deleted the video on accident. It was an accident. Okay. I don't know. It was an accident. It was. It is what it is. But. We did it. It was really cool seeing all that stuff. I want to do it again with you. Yeah. And see what we could get from there. Maybe do a few giveaways. But yeah, it's a great place to go. And they're not a sponsor of the show yet. I think that I want to say that was the website. Yeah. I, because I've bought several of those shirts. I bought a Kurt Busch shirt from Haas when they were still Chevy. Ah. Well, that was a while ago. Kevin Harvick Bush shirt. A Matt Crafton shirt. I think a Clint Boyer shirt. Something else, but I'm trying to get shirts, something like that, made for us that says "Rambling about racing." Yeah, this is. A, it feels really nice. It really uh, it's is really. Nice. And I really got it because it's it's got uh, CSX on it. You know. Now, what's CSX mean to you? It's a uh, train trains. Oh, okay, yeah, trains. Okay, forget yeah. it. We're not going down that road. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, I got it for me for Christmas. Yeah, he, yeah nice. Uh, uh, let's see. He messaged me. I don't know. It was by like a month or two before Christmas, and he goes, "Hey, man, look at this shirt I came across. It was. A, it's a small, by the way. It doesn't really look." really small no they they run big yeah they run kind of big and he goes um 
hey, man, you should probably get it. I said, ah, I don't really have the money. I said, man, maybe if I have the money, if it's still there, I'll get it. And uh, I went looking for it again a while back. And he goes, no, nah, man, it's gone already. I think they sold it. And I was like, oh, you know, that sucks, but it's whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, Christmas time comes, and he's giving me my gift. And on top of the box that's wrapped, it's there's a little small die-cast car that's not wrapped. It was like a Stuart Haas Diecast car, just a little tiny one. That, I don't know what's what's the scale like one sixty four. Yeah, one sixty four scale. Yeah, These are one twenty four scales. Yeah, one sixty four. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, pretty neat. And he goes, yeah, man, open the box. I said, all right, open the box, fine. So I opened the box and I went, and he goes, ah, I got you, didn't I? I was like, you suck. <laughs> Did you at least get to keep the diecast? Yeah, I have it. Okay, good. I have it at the house. It's it sits on my desk where I play video games. Right, uh, you know, right in front of uh, where Paul Menard sits. Because uh, Paul Menard's yes. got a big, big spot, big space. Of course so, he does. Of know. course, Paul Menard would have this spot. You know, it's funny. I was going through the other day, um, trying to like get rid of some clothes, like T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. And one of the boxes that I have where I kept T-shirts in is just strictly for racing shirts now. Yeah, or me anything too. strictly racing. And I have like 10 Paul Menard shirts in there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy, isn't it? It is. I don't know why you don't wear those more. Maybe for, for throwback. But what's oh, good- they're kind of a little small because I've kind of gotten a little... Oh, it's okay. It's not a beer belly, but it's just... Uh, <laughs> you can call me fat if you want, but they got a small now, so... <laughs> right. Well, I, it's funny because those shirts that you have on now are good for throwback weekends when you yeah. go, go to Darlington. It says Monster Energy Cup. I have one that says Monster Energy Cup. I forget who it's fun, but, not, but the Matt Crafton one says Gander Outdoor. Oh, uh, see, if I, if I wore something like that, they'd probably be like, who's Paul Menard? Like, how do people be like... What is that? Okay, a funny story real quick before we move story. on. Let's hear it. Darlington, years and years and years ago. Is, it, oh, is this, this isn't the hot dog story, is it? The hot dog? <laughs> no, it's we, not which, the hot dog which, story. Which, by <laughs> the way, by the way, at Talladega, we did that. We grilled up hot dogs, and we brought them into the track, and they were the best things. Better and, than PB&J. You're, so exactly. You're, thanks. You're, not, you're not wrong there in doing that. Heck, yeah. So, um, I had a friend. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. A friend, her name was Amy. She um she went to the same high school as me. She was a big Jimmy Johnson fan. Good and her for family her. would eh, I don't really like Jimmy Johnson. She likes to win. I would yeah, I guess. Anytime she'd say, Hey, why don't you come join the real winner side? I'm like, eh, whatever. And her family would always go camping at Darlington. And I always run into her there. And one day, you know, she invited us. It was me and a few uh, Maples was there, I think, and a few other people. And we, you know, went over there to hang out for a minute. And her dad comes out of the camper and he looks around, he goes, Oh, what's going on? Everybody he goes, Paul Menard. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I didn't even know he had fans. I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks. You're not the first person to say that to me. It's true. <laughs> I mean, like, like when Probably I Probably the only person walking around with a shirt like that. I mean, on, like you know? the first time I met you, man, I was like, Paul Menard. Yeah, that was that was pretty. I got you with that one, didn't you, I? Yeah, that was a curveball. I whiffed that. <laughs> Straight up whiffed that, man. I miss Paul Menard, though. I mean, he was a good chance to maybe make a block or mess something up to where... Something happens to an Irish driver make it interesting. Kept it clean. He did keep it clean. clean. He didn't. Re- he didn't really wreck. No, no, not really. No, I miss that man. Yeah, I know you do, buddy. But it's okay, <laughs> man. Well, we're glad you're joining us. Whether you're on your regular podcast platform or on YouTube, really do appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube. We're trying to grow more. We're kind of stationary right now with subscribers. I would like more, but maybe here shortly once we start putting well, maybe up more maybe if I um if I just throw out some. Crazy comments usually that usually helps too. Yeah, maybe, when I start ranting about. Yeah, when things. you start ranting, just put that on YouTube and maybe it'll it'll draw in 
loyal yeah, listeners. I'm sure a rant will come at some point in the future. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I have a feeling. We, we have a lot to cover this episode. We do. We do. But yeah, we're glad that you're joining us, man. You want to just go ahead and get into it? Oh, do you yeah. have anything else before? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to cover everything. I mean, God, mighty, uh, we got a lot to cover. All right, well, let's get into Hey Man. Folks, before we continue on with the start of Season 5 of Ramblin' About Racing, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire, where you can find the latest and greatest Ramblin' About Racing gear, such as t-shirts like the one I have on, hoodies, hats, or anyone but lineup exclusively at Bonfire, and so much more. Pint glasses for your beers and everything like that. Just head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the stores tab. And there you can find the links to both Teespring and Bonfire. All Every purchase will help out Rambling About Racing bring you better content and hopefully more content at, at tracks around the country later on as we get there. So head on over to ramblingaboutracing.com. Links can also be found be found in the youtube video below or on your podcast description on your regular podcast platform below again all proceeds help out rambling about race and bring you better content in the future hey man hey man and hey, man, here at Ramblin' Bad Racing, as always, presented by Devos Outdoor Lighting. Head over to devosoutdoor.com. Use discount code RAMBLIN for 10% off. It will help us out here at the show. And it's a great product, and that can also be found in your podcast description, your YouTube description. And if you go to if you head over to ramblinaboutracing.com under the Sponsors tab, there you will find the link for Devos. Remember, Discount code Ramblin' for 10% off of your order there. Now, Preston. Yes. You got the show notes here for you. We're going to go ahead and start with this. The Atlanta races. Yes. Overall, how how were you happy with this weekend? Were you What were your thoughts about this weekend in general as a whole? I wasn't really all that happy. I'd probably say the race of the weekend out of the three would probably be the cup race. Let's be real. I mean, truck race was... Uh, the Xfinity race was definitely whoa. Oh yeah, uh, what's absolutely. What's happening here? You know, I hate to chase down the rabbit hole again, but I really feel like it's the lack of practice really makes the way things operate. Half it the does. Time. I've, it, well, especially with a tra- with the way Atlanta is now. Why aren't we getting any kind of practice? Yeah, we've raced on it a couple times already. Big whoop. I don't but know why this we're not. Is, getting, I don't know why we're not getting practice at it's all like any a, of the tracks. Yeah, it's like a super speedway type race, but on a smaller scale. Why are we not practicing? Especially with the rain that happened. I guess for two days, I think it was. Yeah, it was a couple days of yeah, rain. Yeah, a couple days of rain. Hello, nobody. I mean, why? Why don't we have some kind of practice if we don't want to mess this up? A super speedway race on a smaller type scale means for less room for error. Right. I mean, I just feel like practice would be a little bit more justified in a place like that. But, I mean, for all tracks at this point, I mean, we'd barely even practice in to begin with. Oh, well, because NASCAR threw out a 50-minute practice session because we have a new package we need to run by, everybody. Oh, you get 50 extra minutes. Right. Yeah, big whoop. No, I hear you, man. Now, for me, the truck race was just as normal as it is to yeah. truck race. It wasn't really anything to write home about. The Xfinity race, however, 12 cautions. And half of those were probably, almost all of them were probably in the first half of the race. Well, I got them right here. I got the breakdown of the costumes here. I have to read it here because this is great. It didn't take but three laps for there to be the first caution with two car incident. The restart at lap seven 
win a few laps. Lap 13, caution. Big wreck. Lap 24, restart. Lap 28, caution. Then a restart at lap 31. Two laps later, caution. Lap 37, restart. Lap 41, caution. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go all the way down here. All 12 of them. Needless to say, I was out working on the shed, and all I heard was caution on the radio. Caution, 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 caution. It, well, was, yeah. it just got ridiculous. At, at There came a point where it was just like, oh, my goodness. Well, you like, should have seen. You should have been trying to watch it. You know how the Fox broadcast has that little ticker at the top now that has the stages broken down. It's got like the, no, the I, yellow or the green. I like that. Both stages were oh, almost like all yellow, I and I was that. like, "What am I watching right now? <laughs> <laughs> What's going like, on here?" It was like participating or either watching it a race for my racing. Oh God, yes, absolutely. That's one hundred percent true. Are you kidding yeah, me? Because That's like all the time. <laughs> I mean, when when I was racing in the VRL league, which I'm trying to race in again, I'm more than welcome to come back there but i'm thinking about maybe us starting an i racing league once you get your computer i would up wish old. you luck on that, that endeavor or or a formula one league now see i think that might be more up your wheelhouse but we'll get into that off camera here but it, it was like that it was like an i race it was kind of just ridiculous it got to the point where this is just ridiculous i don't know what they what the drivers were doing and everything like that but it was just one of those things where cautions bred cautions obviously and it was just like that the whole race yeah, yeah. Well, of course. And um, oh, you know, I don't think we brought it up yet. After other than that, but um, I think we kind of got an egger in our face for this weekend, don't you think? Why, why? Why would you say that? The pit stops. Yeah, the pit stops. Nothing happened. We didn't really see a lot of green flag pit stops. I don't we think. we saw a couple in, in the cup race, but it wasn't like we thought it was. going to But happen. it wasn't like the merge like we thought it would be. It wasn't like anything crazy Dang like it. that. Don't you just hate it when we're wrong? I mean, there goes a merchandise. I know. You know, it's Dang out the it. window. But at the same time, I'm glad it worked out like that. People, a couple of people got busted speeding. Yes. I think Ryan Blaney did. Ryan Blaney did. And, man, that just ruined his day. Although up at the end, he was there at the end. He was there at the end. I mean, he got lucky. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I, I think we overhyped it a little. That's okay. Things get overhyped I mean, all the time. Yeah, things get overhyped all the time. But it wasn't like anything crazy to the point where it was like, oh, okay. No. Well, no. it wasn't anything like that. But the cup race, I'm going to have to agree with you, was exciting at the end. But it was a super speedway race. Everybody running in line. Oh, so, you know, there was very plenty of comments on the internet about that. Oh, look at this. Let's change Atlanta. Single file racing. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing. I mean, what the problem is, we want to get back to Atlanta like it was in the 1992 season when Quickie won it, where there was just drama all the way around. And well, that was back when it was an oval. It was an oval, and I mean, even even if it's when they upgraded it with the dog legs in the front. I mean, that was fun racing to me. That was, I mean, I'm kind of biased because Atlanta was the first race I ever went to. I didn't see pack racing, but I saw Jeff Gordon and Bobby Labonte race hard. Yeah, it was a great race, and it was just one of those things where I don't know. To me, I mean, it was a super speedway race. I just maybe as the years go by, maybe maybe I'll get used to it. But I mean, like I, okay, I don't have a. The biggest problem with it, but I don't know what NASCAR and you know I don't really know what they're trying to get at with this. I, I don't I don't I don't know. I'm not in those meetings. I, I don't well, know. is it a, a NASCAR thing or is it a track thing? I'm I don't know. Maybe it was a track thing. I think it's more of the track thing and not NASCAR because if they really wanted to make that race good, I feel like the one thing you could do is change the aero package. And I hate to say this because last week we were talking about this dog and NASCAR for changing up the package. 
confusing fans, confusing drivers. But it's as simple to me as putting on that strip that they had in 2001. You remember that strip that, that went over the roof of the car from in the, from side to side, and it broke up the air, made a bigger hole. I don't remember that. It, it made what? the aero package. It was introduced in 2000, Fall Race Talladega, mm-hmm. where Earnhardt came all the way up and won. And then in 2001, they raced it on all four tracks, and it made for good super speedway racing. Now, is that the answer? I don't know. Because, I mean, to me, Atlanta wasn't broke, so don't fix it. I still think, um, I still think one of those reasons, and I touched on it last week, I think Denny Hamlin was right. It's the cars are too squared out now, too. I think that could be really one of the reasons why that air doesn't get around like it used to. I think it's the car bodies are just so square now. It's just weird. Yep, they are. But it's been like that for years now. No, it has been. So, I, I don't know. There's not just, been really any fabrication that goes into these cars. No mending it, no bending it. Because you're yeah. not playing a template game anymore. You're playing no. a laser game. Yeah. Ugh, which the could, laser game. Yeah, the laser game. To me, the cup race wasn't that all exciting, except for the end. I'm just glad it didn't end on your green-white checkered. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that... I mean, I'm upset that Kozlowski didn't win. I mean, it's... It, honestly, it's, it's a good... The way they have the track set up now, it's good for the newer types of fans that they've seemed to have brought in because newer types of fans want to see more excitement. You know, a lot of people that have never really watched racing and just think, oh, that must be some kind of boring thing. But I mean, with a track like that, almost super, I hate how they re- refer to it on the broadcast as this is a super speedway. Now I'm like, no, nah, let's slow it down. This is a mile and a half. Okay. Let's just, let's just, let's put the brakes on. Okay. Right. This is not a super speedway. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Super speedway. Anything to me is what over, it's like two miles long. Right. Michigan, and Michigan, yeah. California, Daytona, Talladega. Exactly. This is That's not, it. and, and some people did say it's just, it's exciting, but it's hard to pass. It's not one of those things where it's easier course, to pass. Of course it's hard to pass. You want to know why? Because you've got a super speedway package on a sh- mile-and-a-half track. Yeah. And what do you expect? If you know. Okay, I heard him say this. The cars that they're running, what, 500 horsepower? I think I heard that on the broadcast. 500 horsepower. That's 400 less than what they would run in the early 2000s. Increase the horsepower. If teams like Front Row or BJ McLeod or anything like that can't build those engines capable of producing that power, I'm sure Rick Hendrick for maybe fifty thousand a pop will sell you an engine. That's true. Penske would sell an engine to the Fords, and and Joe Gibbs Racing will sell the engines to twenty three eleven if they don't already have their own engine program set up. There's ways out there to level the playing field. I mean, you kind of call it the monopoly when it comes to those specific teams if, if you ask me Pinsky will distribute engines or what what, what were they called um roush engine not roush, oh, roush yates roush yates engines thank you they can do that hendrick can distribute to the chevys and toyotas can get it from joe gibbs racing but if you want to make the cars faster maybe be able to pass increase the horsepower mm-hmm. don't decrease the downforce increase the horsepower there you go if it were up to me yeah, but it's not, so. No, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> If it were up to me. But that's what we thought about the race. I didn't, yeah. And one more thing here. Okay. I didn't like the way they took off 100 miles of the race. I want to hear your thoughts on that, though. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with it, honestly. Yeah, I mean. I, I'm okay. It, it didn't really take away from the, the whole racing, the day no. of racing as it was. 
But what it did for me was it's kind of like, man, we're, we're going to start going down this rabbit hole where we're going to start shaving off events. Because well, if NASCAR wants to make it, exci- make it exciting, then they're going to have to do that. That's what they're going to have to do. Because honestly, at this point, like I've said before, I'm pretty sure I've said it before, NASCAR's got to set it up to where it's almost like sprint races within the race. That's why we have stages for. And I don't want to hear none of that, oh, it's to earn extra points, blah, blah, blah. No, it's to make the racing more exciting. They want people to crash. They want it to be, it looks like a freaking sprint race all day long. That's why. It's all it is. It's just to make excitement. And all this, oh, it's for fans to get up in the middle of the race and take breaks. Give me a break, man. I'm pretty sure. Get I, out of town. Before stage racing, I was able to get up and go I take a break. got up all the time. Yeah. What are you talking about? Go take a break. Or here's an idea. Try and be like the drivers and hold it. <laughs> I've, done that. I've done that a time or two. <laughs> Needless to say, so, I didn't drink a lot of I fluids. I mean, it's just, if they want to make it exciting, they're going to just start shaving off miles, which, I mean... It equaled out to, what, 260 laps, I think it was. I didn't really... I was like, I mean, I don't get me wrong. The first thing I thought about when they said it was a 400-mile race and they said 260 laps, I was like, uh, maybe that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then I watched it, and I was like, eh, it was all right. It was not that big of a deal, you know? I, I think I'm making a mountain out of an anthill because I, I felt the same way after. I was like, oh, man, why would they do that? And then I yeah. watched it, and it was like, well, it didn't take anything away from yeah, it wasn't a race in itself. Crazy. So it wasn't anything... Crazy it was just. I feel like we're going to go down a slippery slope once we start taking away hundreds of miles for races. I mean, you do you do make a good point. I mean, because at what point do that happen? At what point do you stop? Do you cut off the Daytona five hundred? Do you stop a Coke six hundred? Do you yeah. stop the Southern five hundred? When you stop, start hitting on those crown jewels, yeah, of races where it's always been five hundred miles, and and for case of the Coke six hundred, Coke six hundred miles, don't take away those links. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ugh. to me, but then. You know, you look at this, Atlanta, they went down to 400 miles. Well, that didn't take away from the race. No. But I would hate to say, welcome to the Daytona 400. That sounds so bad to think about. Or the Coca-Cola 500 or the Southern 400. Uh, See, it uh, doesn't have the same no. ring. No, it doesn't. Ugh. I'm happy with sitting there for 500 miles at Daytona, at Darlington. I've been the one Coke 600 got rain shortened. But I'm happy with sitting there for those races because they are historical yeah and they are part of the sport i mean i'd like the southern 500 better than daytona i'd like all those things but i mean i, I just feel like i think going- it's just like a double-edged sword yeah who's somebody who goes is like oh yeah this is great i would love 500 miles is great but then when they go home and watch on tv they're like uh i can't really sit through that entire thing well then kind of like that well I, I sit through it I'm well sure- i mean there's some people that that don't like to okay I, mean, I get comments all day long how do you sit through a race on a sunday like that i'm like I don't know. I've been watching since I was like three. Because I like NASCAR and I like auto racing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else regarding just just the tip of the iceberg and how um, the racing weekend went? No, I don't think so. No, 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 not 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 regarding the races. No. All right. Well, I got something here for you, Ross Chastain again under scrutiny from the fans of NASCAR, the social media community of the racing world. Or as Mike Joy would say, the keyboard warriors yes. of the racing world of Twitter and Facebook. For from what all intensive from all purposes it looked like what he did, hitting Kevin Harvick and spinning him in front of the field when Kevin Harvick was leading, causing a pretty big wreck. A super speedway wreck. Yeah. Like what you would see at Daytona or Talladega. Upon further review, 
which I got to give kudos to Fox production. They zoomed in and they slowed it down and they did in fact show that Ross Chastain did not touch Kevin Harvick. Now he just got him loose, arrow loose. Even then, I mean, cars, that's the way it is. That's yep. the way the package is. You've run up front, you're drafting, same way Daytona, same way Talladega. You can't blame this on Chastain. Or can you? I don't think you can. No. I mean, he he did kind of move back and forth really quick, which I heard that they were talking about that really gets the air upset when you go like that back and forth across the bumper. But he, I mean, it may have just been, they also said, um, I think Clint Boyer said that Harvick looked like he had gotten loose as well, which he kind of looked like he did. He did. So, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say they're both at fault, but they both contributed to it. I'm I'm going to have to stop you there, buddy. Because how many times did that happen throughout the course of the race where you saw a car just go back and forth? Well, they're racing at those high speeds and those tight corners. But, hey, that's not – they did it all the way up to that point without incident. Up till that point, there were no really big wrecks. Bubba Wallace wrecked at the start of the race. That was a single car incident. But then we didn't really see anything else big like we did – Till that point where Ross Chastain spun Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Which Ross Chastain did not spin Kevin Harvick no. upon review. But yet people were still like, there's Chastain doing what Chastain does best and wrecking people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. People right away, right out of the gate. Oh, Ross Chastain's doing his thing again. And I must admit, when I first saw it, it's like, oh. To be yeah, I, I, did the, I said the same thing. I was like, oh, boy. And then when they zoomed in, I was like, oh. Okay, never mind. You know, it was kind of no, like it's kind of like the impractical jokers when they go, "Well, you know, <laughs> no, no, no." So, to me, Chastain doesn't deserve the flack that he's gotten for this. Chastain doesn't deserve anything because he didn't do anything. No, he was just racing, and even if he did go back and forth like they did, he's they, he did, and they said he did. Everybody else was doing it. Yeah, it's maybe Kevin Harvey just didn't hold on to his car. He was. He did get loose. He did get loose. I'm just saying. I Kevin Harvick it lost. Happens. It happens to the best of them, but it just had to be Chastain behind them. Wrong place at the wrong time. It was wrong place, <laughs> wrong time for Chastain. So to me, Ross Chastain didn't ram Kevin Harvick. He didn't get into Kevin Harvick. It was just a racing incident. Yeah. What happens happens. Unfortunately, it was Harvick. Unfortunately, it it's just, that's just the way it is when it comes down to that. You know, it's just a racing incident to me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I thought you, <laughs> I apologize. I thought you were pretty much done with it. Yeah, it was a yeah I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much done with it right now in that way. But now we get to probably by far the, the biggest topic of the weekend. I think one that's rippled through the NASCAR community and definitely elevated this guy from who's this guy to everybody to jump into maybe two, three thousand, maybe more followers on Twitter, at least name recognition. Now, Josh Williams and what he did during the Xfinity Series race when NASCAR said, you're done. You've reached the DVP limit. You're out of the race. And him stopping at the start-finish line, getting out of the car, walking across the racetrack, a hot racetrack, though under caution, caution condition, yeah. still walking across the racetrack, pretty much, I, I feel, showed his rear end, but he got noticed. But I want to hear your thoughts on that. I like it and I don't at the same time. I mean, you know, yeah, he knows what he's getting. He I knows agree. what he's getting himself into. But I, I get the frustration. I think I get it, and I think it was because debris was coming off the car, which was probably, I don't know what debris it was. I didn't get to see, and I didn't really look much into it. But I heard it was some of the bare bond. 
the tape that they put on the car was coming off the car. And I think you have to, when you really look at the root of problem, you really go back to the DVP clock. And I know, yes. I don't know what it is these days. I think it's still like seven minutes. Or something it, it, they like increased that. the seven because of the new arrow package or whatever. I mean, you or, have or the to, pit, they they increased it to seven because of the pit road pit limit. The pit road's longer now, so they increased it to seven. Oh well, I mean, you have to understand the frustration. Guys are scrambling to fix a car within so much of an, a lot of time with, when, you know, back before the damage clock policy, you could sit on pit road for as long as you wanted, get back out there, run it back around again and come back to pit road and do the same thing all over again. Just keep working on the car. And now you, it's like, Oh, well we got to keep looking. Oh, okay. Well we got like a minute left. Well, hurry up and just get the car back out there. I mean, I, I can't really blame him for getting mad. Now, is that the way to really do it? No, but Hey, he got noticed. He got a race ban. He did. He, he got suspended for a week, but he didn't get fined from what I've heard. Wow. Suspended. That's that's impressive to me, especially him walking across the racetrack. Yeah, I haven't heard any kind of fines whatsoever, unless I just didn't see it. But as far as I know, what I heard on the radio today, I didn't hear anything about a fine. I just heard them talking about, well, he got a suspension. At least he didn't get a fine. So I was like, oh, well, I guess he didn't get fined then. Well, that's good for him. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, heck yeah. It, it was funny what he said as well as what the fans, what's, what are they going to do? Find me? I can't pay it. Ah, yes. And, and, he did say that. And even, and then Denny Hamlin got on Twitter. I don't know if this was real or not. I'm sure it was where he said, I'll pay your fine. Oh, I'm sure Denny Hamlin would pay his fine all day long. Oh, Denny yeah. Denny Hamlin is probably one of those people who's secretly fed up with NASCAR. I the think way it's operated. Secretly. Let's <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, Yes and no. I mean, I probably not the way to do it, but hey, you know what? He wanted to send a message. At least he did it under the caution, you know? Yeah, at least he did it under the caution. Now, what I think this really shows is that NASCAR has this damaged vehicle policy, which I don't think anybody out there likes as far as fans. It takes away, to me, it takes away from what you said, that the team's rebuilding the car and getting back out there. I mean, and, and as long as you meet minimum speed which is tough to do under caution, you're off the clock and you can work on the car as much. You just need to meet that minimum speed. Well, it's we've we've evolved years. NASCAR's just evolved from years and decades. You know, nowadays, I'm sure if there was a car that met minimum speed that was on track, people would be complaining and crying all day long. There's a slow car out here. They need to get off the track, which, you know, when back in the day, it didn't matter if there was a slow car on the track or not because you knew that everybody had to get some kind of points whatsoever. Just a slow car knew to just stay out of the way most of the time. So, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. I just know that if there was a slow car out there, people would complain and then NASCAR would have to revisit it and say, ah, uh, well, you know what? And that's probably why they came up with the damage, damage vehicle clock policy as well, probably. Just trying to get people off the track, you know. Prob- probably, but man, my and my thing is with this DVP man, is the situation like that with a uh, Williams, a uh, Josh Williams, I should say, not Williams F one, <laughs> but Williams, who uh, again up to this point was really a nobody, right? A no name. I mean, we followed him on Twitter, but he didn't really. I didn't see much of his tweets come across my timeline. Uh, that is until Saturday. When that happened, but now Josh Williams, Josh Williams is is taking the center stage in this. And now, this do you think NASCAR needs to revisit the DVP, or do they just say no? It's going to stay the same as it is. I think it's going to stay the same as it is. I don't think his protest is going to change a thing. No, but what it will do is 
maybe get Josh Williams sponsored. The basket catalog, Josh Williams gets a good sponsor and a good publicity from this. There's no such thing as bad publicity, right? No, no, not really, no. NASCAR doesn't revisit this at all. They're probably like, no, nah, it's, it, it, it's already water under the bridge. If if yeah. if you were NASCAR and everything like that, yeah, congratulations, Austin Hill winning. Yeah, very dominant starting off in the season. Joey Logano first race to win a 2023 first win for Ford in 2023. That's right, Fords look strong. They look strong at Daytona. They're strong at Talladega. They were strong at Atlanta, especially the Penske cars. I don't think. Right now, Hendrick has anything to worry about, although a lot, I think all of his cars were caught up in accidents. If you're Rick Hendrick, you weren't happy this weekend. No. Well, you're just not happy in general that you lost all those points either, so. Yeah, absolutely. But then at the same time, William Byron's still locked in. Yeah. I I don't know what, I don't know what else to go with that. No. But yeah, congratulations to everybody this past weekend. I don't think I got one driver Correct there. I, Joey Logano wasn't even on my radar. Uh, no, I don't think I got anybody right, honestly. I think I picked Matt Crafton. Did, that didn't happen. No. I don't remember who I picked. Oh, I picked Allgaier. I remember now. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. yeah he, he wrecked. Again, he wrecked. <laughs> again, he wrecked. So. <laughs> oh, no. It's becoming a bad trend for Justin Allgaier yeah. right there. But anything else regarding Atlanta? No. Because to me, I mean, we're going to beat the dead horse. It was a good initiative, bad judgment on the track. To change up everything, and now they made it the super speedway race, which is what everybody wants. Everyone wants to see pack racing, but not, not me. No, no. I don't. I don't want to see pack racing. I want to see racing at Atlanta like the way it used to be. And if you get spread out and can't pass, well, then you should invest in your engine, sure, or your aero. But I, that is what it is. Going to Coda this weekend, Circuit of the Americas, all three series truck Xfinity Cup. With the big new rule change coming up here, no stage breaks. Thank God. Now, what are your thoughts on that? I think we already know what it is, but I what are your love thoughts? it. Oh, thank God. Maybe NASCAR actually realize, you know, we don't need stage breaks. Yeah, they could throw in the stage points at the end of a stage, but why do we need stage breaks? You know what this creates right here? Strategy. I think this creates, and 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 I'm, I'm worried about the crew chiefs here. Because I know the third stage is normally longer. You have to have a pit stop or two yes. in order to make it to the end on fuel. But now, back in like just like back in the days, you have to work from the start into the race all the way back to the start of the race, yep. like they used to, and find find that Windsor pit window. You have a window now instead of just okay, ride it out for the stage break. You, there is no riding anymore. Nope. No, there's, there's no not. more just, oh, we'll fix it at the stage break. We have no, we know exactly when the caution is going to come out here. So there's none of that coming up here. So now if you're a crew chief, and if, especially if you're a driver who's not really liking Circuit of the Americas, you're looking at this going, this is not good for us from a strategy point of view to fix the car. But if you're a driver like, say, Ross Chastain or Tyler Raddick, who is good at road courses, you're, 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 oh, you're, you're, I, I, I can tell you who else is probably looking. Chomping at the bit. That's the, the boys at front row. Yes. Michael McDowell. Those boys are going to be all over that. They're going to, they're probably loving it right now. They're like, Oh, thank God. No stage breaks. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out a way to, to crash everybody's party. Will he probably win? Eh, maybe not, but a top five, maybe he's, he's a good road course racer. Just like Tyler Reddick is just like Ross Chastain is right. No stage breaks. Oh man. I can't. I, I am so excited. I now, can't wait. Now, do you think from 
this and from the fans reaction, because I know I don't really go on the fan council a lot and say what's wrong because they, it falls on deaf ears. Right. But I feel like, and I want to start a campaign. I really want to start a campaign this week going into Coda and then after Coda pretty much hashtag stop stage racing or yeah. take away stage racing. Hashtag. We take, can figure out a, a good we can hashtag. Figure out a good hashtag on that to where if this race is a good flow, say no to stages, say no to stage or something <laughs> like that to where this is a good flow of a race. And I feel like it's going to be because it is a long track and to have stage breaks in a, two and a half plus mile road course, a three mile road course, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's just, oh my gosh, you're stalling it and then you're creating commercials, which is making the fans mad. It's it's not gonna we should also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, road courses in NASCAR these days have like local cautions too, right? Right. They have local cautions just like Formula One does. It's a road course yeah, rule. It's yeah. kind of a general rule of road course racing. Right. So it isn't necessarily a full course caution unless something blocks up the track or a safety barrier or damage right or they say okay stop the race yeah, yeah, got yeah. Or, or or food on the track so to me this is a, a good opportunity to hashtag stop stage racing how long how many years has it been now since we've had stage racing do you know off the top of your head i want to say 2017 or 2018 is when stage racing was introduced you and know at, and I, at first it was great it was it, it, was, it was good like, I was, this is exciting that's cool and, i mean it's not bad but then i think i gave it like two or three races and i was like okay now this is taking it, because now we don't have the fuel strategy fuel mileage race yeah. i remember pocono circa i want to say 2014 when matt kinseth won 2014 2015 when matt kinseth won that race on fuel strategy. Joey Logano ran out of fuel and they eked out just enough to win at Pocono. In fact, there's the car. You're watching this on YouTube right here. There's the car right oh, there. There it is. There's Pocono. And yeah. he beat Joey Logano on fuel strategy to win it. There was no stage breaks. Nope. And to me, that was a great race. And now I think when, once they introduce this, Fans are going to say, take away the stage racing because that was way better than stage racing. Yeah. If, and like to your point, if you want to award the stage points at the end of the stage or at, at a certain amount of time, go ahead. I mean, I, to me, I don't think that will, that's necessary because you could just award points if you lead a lap or the most laps and yeah, the most go laps. Go back to the way it was. Go back to the point system. I mean, keep the one, 40 through one point system the way it is or however many cars are in there, max points. But you don't need to stop the race, award 10 points all the way down to one. If you leave the lap, one point. If you leave the most laps, give them two extra points. Yeah. Or a playoff point or whatever it is. Whatever you, NASCAR decides to award them. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a good eye-opening experience, not just for the race teams, but the race fans as well. Yeah, I think if for the newer race fans, if they ever, if, you know, they wonder about if there are any that wonder out there about strategy racing and any kind of fuel mileage racing. They just need to, to go back in time and just watch, just find races on YouTube. You can find any of them. I mean, like you said, Okano was a good one. Okano always had something like that. Always some kind of strategy like that. Uh, Michigan, I think, was another one uh, before. Definitely Indianapolis, like yep. the 2011 breakout yeah. 400. I don't know why you pulled that one out. I don't know why I pulled that one out either, but I mean, there was a lot of cars that were, ran out of fuel that day too. That's just the way a race is. You know, you just have to survive to the end. None of this, oh, let's 
stack the field up and maybe they'll beat and bang and wreck and somebody will show up out of nowhere. No, I like the, I like the good old days when you had to, you had to plan for it. And then if we ever got a caution and it just threw a wrench and everything, Oh, well crap. There goes our strategy right out the window. Right. A caution throws a, either puts everybody on the same playing field or well, well that we weren't expecting that. Yeah. Instead of Larry McReynolds, now the average caution is with eight laps to go. And sure enough, nothing happened in Atlanta, which I'm glad about. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad about (laughs) anything else about the stage breaks and taking them away for road courses and how that will affect the race. Uh, uh, Did you also see that they changed the restart zone? No, it's smaller now. It's smaller. Wow. Yes, they're going back to what the original was. Oh, yeah. I okay. Can't they who. finally realized. Yeah, they finally realized that they probably messed that up too. Okay. Like, well, oh, we're just gonna go back. So well, at least they went back on it. Yeah. I mean, they didn't make a big announcement of it from what I saw. I mean, that's news to me. But yeah, I saw it today. Okay. That so was weird. So Gunter Steiner and Kurt Busch making an appearance there, yes. and I'm excited to hear what Gunter Steiner has to say about NASCAR. Either he's gonna say this is amazing and this is great, or he's just gonna meh. I think he'll. He's he, probably gonna have fun. He will have fun. I, I'm looking forward. To- I, I I I I can't wait. It's just you know I, I know that NASCAR likes to expand the horizons. You know it's cool that they have. You know we have like Project 91 with Trackhouse. Kimi Raikkonen's racing this weekend. Jordan Taylor's in the car for the nine team this weekend. We have Connor Daly. Uh, I think we're oh Jensen Button. Jensen Button is racing for Jensen Rick Ware. Martin, yeah, which that, that's great. I don't really know how the Rick Ware car will perform very well because they tend to not really be up the front. No, they the really time, don't. I mean, it's cool that we're expanding the horizons. We got Gunther coming into the studio. It's going to be cool to hear his side of things and what he thinks of it. I mean, I, that's what I'm excited for, but I just wish that maybe in the future, Fox will get some kind of chemistry in the booth instead of just rotating all these people out all the time. Right. I, I hear you on that. I think it'd be cool to see Gunther. Heck, it'd be cool to see Kurt Busch back in studio. We're just hearing from him in general. Yeah, again. So will. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I think we have a great weekend on tap, honestly. Yeah, I really, I think we do too, With especially with no stage breaks. That's yeah. going to be great. Now, this wasn't on the show notes, but I'm going to ask you this. Does NASCAR, I know we've talked about it with Indy, having a doubleheader with Indy. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got two areas, I would say maybe three if you count Homestead, Miami, where NASCAR and Formula One could have a dual weekend, where Sunday at noon or at 11 in the morning, Formula One races, wrap that up, and then NASCAR races in the same area. Probably Las Vegas would probably be an example, or Coda would probably be the two best places to do this. Probably more so Coda. If I had to pick one and say, yeah, that would be the doubleheader weekend for Formula One and NASCAR. Could that happen? Do you see that happening ever in the future? I think it could happen. I think it would have to happen at a place like Las Vegas. Or Coda. That has lights. Oh, yes. Now, I mean, Formula One can get a race done because when they start the race, they have to finish it within a two-hour window. Right. Once they start, the two-hour window clock is there. If they don't finish within two hours, that sucks. Whatever lap they're on, that's it. Done. Okay. And, so, and what, yeah. So it could happen if they started early enough. So, yeah, I don't see why. I, I'm sure it, at some point it would happen. I mean, come on. Why? Why wouldn't NASCAR try something like that? Let other people that don't watch NASCAR see what it's really like. Yeah. This Formula One brings in fans. Heck, last year, I think we mentioned it before, they had like 400,000 people for right. the weekend. And I don't think NASCAR is even going to get I don't yeah. even think we're going to come close to that. Now, with that being said, could that also, could you also bring in IndyCar? 
during that weekend and somehow race it all three major series. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same day. Oh and yeah. Or Indy, you can break it up. Yeah. Indy could race thir- Friday. Cup it, could race Saturday and formula one Sunday. I don't know if Indy car could race at Coda. Coda. I mean, I just like to think of it as like this. They don't have power steering, so they don't get to fly around those turns. Like NASCAR or formula one could, but, I mean, NASCAR's not going as fast either, but, but it would be fun to see. Maybe at like Las Vegas. It would be fun to see all three of those series race together. Then you could say, okay, well, look at the Indy car, Vice a Formula One car, and obviously Vice a stock car. And then maybe that gives opportunities for a Formula One driver. Like, say, I know Hamilton did it with Tony Stewart and Watkins Glen, but maybe Max Verstappen and the Chase Elliott swapping rides. I think I and then think, a Connor yeah. Daly, or maybe not a Connor Daly. Uh, see, Sebastian Bourdieu or Bourdieu, or see, that's the problem with IndyCar. It's not fun because there's no ovals, unless you count Texas coming up here in the next couple of weeks, or you know, IndyCar drivers swapping with the same, you know, and then just them trying out their cars, swapping the rides. I think Las Vegas would probably be a good place for that, but we'd have to see how F1 at Las Vegas goes first. This year, I'm looking forward to that before anything else. But I think, I think at a place, I would hope Coda. I mean, Coda would be kind of cool to do something. It would be cool. But I think Las Vegas would probably be a more, I wouldn't say reasonable, but a more viable option for both F1 IndyCar (laughs) for both. I mean, that's just two and NASCAR, right? For all of them. So I I think, yeah, okay. I could see it in the future. I would hope to see it in the future. I would hope that the promoters would just set aside their egos and say, yeah, I don't care if I'm billed as second behind Formula One. We should to do this because mm-hmm. a lot of eyes get on Formula One more so than NASCAR. Yep, and that could that could be the solving problem. You're kind of you're kind of piggybacking if you're NASCAR on off of Formula One, but oh well, you do what you what have to is. do. Last question here before Coda: Does Coda to this point, and we'll probably have to wait till next week to answer this question. Definitively, but does Coda deserve to be on the schedule, in your opinion, on the NASCAR schedule? No. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I, I, I just I don't no, don't be. I don't. When the idea came up of them racing there before, I was just like, oh, I don't really like this. It's just basically like a Formula One track. It's a huge track, you know. And I just thought, with the the speeds NASCAR does, because of it's just not a wide wheelbase, it's just gonna look slow. And when the truck series came up for practice, the first time it ever happened, I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm watching slow motion right now. And it was awful. Did it create, did they have some excited racing? Sure. I mean, Rosh Chastain wrecked people to win the race. Cool. But I mean, they're also running like three miles off the track, which I, that to me is like a, uh, like a pet peeve for me. Like, yeah, NASCAR doesn't really have track limits per se for some road courses like Watkins Glen now. Remember when it used to be grass off the bit, the carousel yeah. turn, and now it's just all asphalt and they could just run as wide as they want to. You know, they want, they run so wide that it's out of the camera shot. That's looking down the straightaway. And then right. they come back into the frame like that. It's cool. It gets you a lot of speed, but also kind of bugs me at the same time. Cause it's like, okay, so then we need to change the track to where you can, you can run that wide. So no, I, I honestly mean, no, no, I don't like it. No, I completely I agree so. with you. It was we talked about this when it first came onto the schedule, I think 2020-ish, 2021-ish, 2020. Yeah, 21, I think it was. 2020, 2021. I want to say it was more COVID when it came on, but I think it was 2021. It, it either way, 
we talked about it heavy on the show that this track is a Formula One track. Yeah, it was designed for Formula One cars in mind. Somebody said, "Hey, let's race NASCAR on it," and it's okay. We can race NASCAR on this track as well. Well, it's not as exciting as it would be, say maybe an IndyCar racing there. I think IndyCar would be more better fit because I mean, you brought it up. They don't have power steering, but they're open wheel. Yeah, they're fast, high horsepower, low high downforce. They're gonna they're gonna fly around that track. Maybe not as fast as Formula One cars, but they could fly around that track. I feel. But stock cars, man, I mean, I have to wait till after this weekend. I'll give it another week. I think this weekend will be a either Coda stays on the schedule or Coda doesn't stay on the schedule. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. But that was Coda. That was our preview for Coda. We'll get you get you to the race. Our race picks here after Formula One. Anything else regarding this upcoming weekend at Coda? No. Okay. Formula One, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. What do you think of it? Great. All around great. It was, Sorry, it was it my was, race of the weekend, it, honestly. Well, it, it <laughs> I was, loved it. It was a good race. <laughs> I thought it was a great race overall. Well, I mean, what was, was your favorite part about it? My favorite part would have to be Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso getting a podium. I'm right. so happy for that. I mean, that team is making strides. But so, it, it was awful that Lance Stroll you know, ended up being out of the race. But it was so cool that see Fernando. Now... I guess I don't want to say the other cool thing is, but like, I feel like the other thing that really stands out to me is the fact that Mercedes is probably figuring it, finally figuring out that like, holy crap, we're slow. No, <laughs> like, yeah. They're, they're definitely like, oh boy, we might be in trouble. You know? Oh yeah. If they haven't figured that out by now, they're, they're kind of blind. They definitely figured it out this weekend. Right. Yeah. Overall, the race to me was a very good race. I, I enjoyed it immensely. The, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. I mean, yeah, you get to a point where it's just spread out, but it wasn't like that. Because with Formula One, a big driver like Max Verstappen starting 15th, can he make it up to the front? And yeah. sure enough, well, we all knew he did. I mean, Perez had the car to beat. Yeah. Sergio Perez ended up winning, had the car to beat, and and put himself in that position and kept himself in that position to win that race. So congrats to Sergio Perez. Red Bull, again, getting max points for the weekend because Verstappen got that fastest lap there at the end. I, I'm actually kind of shocked he was able to pull that off on the age of the tires that he had at that point. He might have been usually safe. got a lot of guys like to pit at the end right. and throw on a new set of softs and they go right out there and burn the fastest lap that you've probably seen in the hot minute. Right. But I mean, he did it. I mean, he, I guess he saved up the power for it. He saved up the battery power and everything for it. Which well, and he was still disappointed in second, which I mean if you're I a race, get it. You're a race car yeah. driver. You're definitely but I mean to start at 15th in a Grand Prix. Yeah. To pass all those cars. I mean it's not easy. And to finish second, man, good bravo, man. I like that track. I really if you're Christian I think Horn, that track is if, great. If you're Christian Horner, you're saying, hey man, you did nothing nothing to be ashamed of. I think you they're tied the in points. Him and Perez, I think, are tied. Probably. We'll we'll double check that real yeah. quick here. But yeah, it, it was a great race. Fernando Alonso did great, starting second, finishing third. I mean, there was a bit of controversy though with that. I, I would have to say because Sergio or Fernando Alonso had a five-second penalty for. Now, explain this to me. You might be more of the rules guy than me with this. Okay, you, you have Formula One has these little three lines. Yeah, that's almost co- like a box. Almost like a box, but yeah. not not a box. Not that, quite. That the car sits in yes. prior to the launch of the initial start and should a red flag come out, the restart of the Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. He was too, I mean, just, I, I say, if I was the ref or the official or the steward 
of Formula One. He was in the box. His, no, he wasn't. Okay. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> his, his tires were on the line. No, they weren't. There they were. They were kind of off the line. Okay. But I mean, come on. He, he was in, within the box. Uh, you know? No, no, he wasn't. Okay. I, here we go. I went back and looked at it. He wasn't really in the box. I mean, he, you could definitely tell. I mean, they, they, they figured the commentators figured it out right away. They were like, they're like, hey, it doesn't look like he's really in the box. But okay, but here, and, and and they also said that, oh well, he didn't really look like he really gained any kind of advantage. There's my question right there, Preston. Did him going slightly left in the box? Not okay. He wasn't in the box. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But he wasn't. Did he gain any type of advantage? Obviously not. He didn't gain the lead on the initial start of the race. So did he gain an advantage by just being slightly over to the left? He did gain the lead. The he start. lost it. Well, he lost it eventually. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he didn't keep the lead Perez on the race. Him. Perez caught him and zipped on past him. I, the rules are rules, man. Okay. <laughs> See, when we talk NASCAR, it's so funny. It's so different because it's like, oh, that's a stupid rule. But in Formula One, nope, that was, that's well, rule. I mean, he wasn't, I mean, he was out of the box. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they have a box where they're supposed to start in to begin with. I mean, there's nothing really can, there's nothing really go against on that. He was just stars right out of the box. Okay. I, mean, but, I thought it was kind of stupid too, but okay. But, I mean, I, okay. I, what I thought was really stupid was the other penalty. he got. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that race. because that, he was given a five second penalty. Yes. Now throughout the course of the first half of the race, first part of the race, I say first quarter of the race, Aston Martin knew they had a five second penalty. Which I even I, I was texting you, what's the delta on this? And then once I saw a car pit, okay, the delta is about 20 seconds from entrance of pit road to the exit of pit road, roughly 20 seconds with a two second pit stop, adding another five seconds. That's 27 pit road time, which would have put him way, maybe danger low in the points, maybe still within the points, maybe eighth or seventh mm -hmm. at the time. I can't remember exactly what I texted you. So I'm thinking, man, they've got to serve this penalty. If not, they got to tack it on at the end and be five seconds ahead of this other guy, which is a tough ask because Hamilton was coming up and Russell was coming up. We saw that at the end. Yes. He needed the five. He had a five second penalty. And then all of a sudden, Lance Stroll just happened to be a teammate. I mean, I'm just, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here, Preston. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just happened to be a teammate in, As in the other Aston Martin with Lance Stroll, who had something go on. I don't know if you know more about this than I do. But he had something going with the car where the race engineer stopped the car, stopped the car. You know, he retired from the race. Yes. He pulled off. To me, it looked like he pulled all the way off where safety workers could deal with him and deal with the car and stuff. But the FIA then said, according to their GPS, he was still he was on still the on track. track. Yes. Which then led to a safety car, which then led to Alonzo Pinning serving the five second penalty. We'll get to the other penalty here in a second, but served a five-second penalty, got out second, didn't lose anything. Mm -hmm. I smell the conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> if I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I like Alonzo, I like Aston Martin, but I, I, if I was Red Bull or if I was Mercedes or if I was Ferrari looking at Aston Martin now going, these guys are the real deal right now, I'm going to be saying, stroll, you guys stop stroll on purpose in order to create a safety car in order to give Fernando Alonso that gap he needed to pit while everybody else was at pace car speed or safety car speed and him not lose anything. To that's me, that's 100% what happened there. And Lance Stroll was, hey, stop the car. Something's wrong. Sorry, Stroll. And then they're, they're pulling Stroll's side. And I'm not saying this happened. 
I'm not saying this happened. That this is just on the outside looking in, and there's no transparency in Formula right, One. Right, there's right. none. Nobody's going to be. Hey, this is exactly why we did this. But if I was on, if, as I am on the outside looking in, I'm going. They made him stop. I but, think it was a mechanical issue. But what? I went back and looked at uh, one of the race replays today. They on the uh, F1 TV app. They have um, they break it down. They have like a 30 minute um, recap. And they showed replays and they showed the camera angle that sh uh, shows out the back end of the car where you can see like the, the wing and the back tires and everything. And there was actually this light plume of white smoke. It's hard to see it, but you can see it. I saw it because at first I was like, man, why are they stopping the car? They never said anything. I figured it maybe was an electronics issue. But when I looked back and actually saw it and saw that replay, I was like, oh, okay, I see it now. It looked like it was some kind of mechanical issue i mean you could see the white smoke when he was going down the straightaway before they got to i can't remember what turn that is it was that, that big sweeping turn but you could see just this weird white i mean it's just very faint white plume of smoke and then that you know the commentator said something about it they're like well maybe it's just the dust that's coming off the track when he ran off the track but it was like but it was there before he got there too so and yes i can see why the fia said oh it looked like from their gps the car was still on track because the back end was kind of hanging out but where that turn off area to get out of there where um all those uh, track workers stand and everything it was kind of at an odd angle and f1 cars can't really make you can't really turn the car very tight so i can see why he was only able to get it so far in there because he was going to have to have them come out and actually move pick the car up move it and that probably would have been a bad deal anyways which was kind of odd because i feel like maybe a virtual safety car would have done the thing and that's what they talked about right away commentators were like oh this is probably going to be a virtual safety car and then the full safety car came out and i was like whoa okay well this helps fernando alonso's position very well but yeah it did i at first i was like man that is kind of odd to stop him but when i saw the replay i was like okay i see it now that looked like some smoke maybe it was an engine issue maybe not maybe it was i thought i heard somebody say brakes uh but i mean who who knows what it really I mean, was to me it was just weird yeah it was kind of interesting I, in perception is reality and that right. was my perception of the whole thing. I mean, you you clarified it. Okay, I'll 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 put that to bed right there. But to me, it was like, Ooh, man, that doesn't <laughs> right. look that doesn't look good for Aston Martin. But then the other penalty happened. Now, when you when you get a penalty in Formula One, correct me if I'm wrong. And if you're going to serve it while doing a pit stop, you nobody could touch the car for five seconds. Correct. Or else you're considered working on the car. The rear jack apparently was under there ready to just lift yes or if not touching i didn't see a touch but i wasn't really focusing on i saw the replay okay you saw what do you see from what i saw from the few replays i saw it looked like the rear jack now they can get as close as they want to the car as long as they're not touching yeah it. as long as they're not touching it so he the rear jack did, did the right thing get right up under the car so when they say you can go you can go okay and i think it looked like from the replay that i saw because it was just such an odd angle. It looked right. like the rear jack got up under there and he tried to lift as close as he could to the car and touch the car, but then he lefted it back down a little bit so he wasn't touching the car. So I think for a brief moment, he may have touched the car. Okay. And I think that's where a lot of the flack was raised. That, oh, you know, they touched the car. I don't know. It's It was kind of hard. To, I couldn't see. I was just judging on watching how his arms were moving right because it looked like he may have touched the car and then he kind of slightly moved back up again so it wasn't touching the car but they want to get as close as they can to the yeah, car absolutely so but i mean it was just so weird that you know there was rumblings of a penalty coming 
Right. There I was, think there was, there was uh, they no were talking to George Russell about it. His team was talking about it. Oh, you know, let's stay within five seconds of Fernando because uh, we think he may get a penalty. And George is like, well, is he going to get the penalty or not? And it was just so weird how uh, some, I can't remember, I saw something on the internet. Somebody say that, you know, how come the FIA is taking so long for this? Before, when this happened to somebody before, I think it was last year, two years ago, I mean, they were right on top of it within like 10 or 15 laps. But you're talking like, they went like 37 laps before anything was said. Nothing was said. And then after the race, they're like, oh, we're going to take his podium away. And well, then they were like, oh, never mind. And that was like, what kind of inconsistency is this? Right. Like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, Because I was watching the race and I didn't see anything, just, just like the commentator said, about anything about a potential penalty for Fernando. Yeah. Not one investigation, because you know how it usually pops up there. There's the banner. Uh, they're investigating invest yeah, under investigation forcing alonzo or whatever his number is investigation for this yes or you know like it would be 44 and one for Stafford and hamilton investigation for causing a collision something like that right not once did i see that come up i did see that come up for the first penalty yeah alonzo not lined up correct but i didn't see it anything else and then you're you're hearing the Race engineers say, stay within five seconds. We, he might have a penalty. And, of course, Alonzo said, eh, I'm going to push a little more to get out of that window. He ended up finishing well, not well above five seconds, but enough to. Yeah, he was out of, he was out of the five-second uh, yeah, five range. He, he, he was yeah, just he, over it. Yeah, he was just over it. But then he does his celebration, and then all of a sudden Twitter blows up. Alonzo disqualified, loses. X amount of positions. I don't even know. It doesn't really matter anymore. He finished third, according to the historical records of that race. Right. But then it comes back again, like you said, and, oh, nope, we reinstated it. Yeah, I, a lot of people made a big deal because they, they said, well, if the FIA was going to give him a penalty, then they should have just given him the five-second penalty right away because that's probably what it would have been, another five-second penalty. You touched the car. Right. And that's why they said, oh, we got to get out of the five-second range. But for the FIA to come in after the race and say, well, you're actually going to lose your spot. What? Like, no, you can't do that. Right. Like you should have already. And that's, that's why I understand some people say, oh, the FIA is usually inconsistent. And I get it right then and there. I was like, how can we be this inconsistent? Because somebody said this happened before to somebody. I think it was Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. I, yeah, think I don't it was, know who it was a couple years ago, but they said right away when that happened, he was given another five second penalty. Okay. Big deal. We move on from it. And hence why they were telling George, you know, hey, stay within five seconds because he's probably going to get a five-second penalty at the end of the race. And then, sure enough, he probably would have lost his podium like that. But for right. the FAA to come in right after and say, oh, guess what? You're actually going to lose your position anyways. Even though you were five seconds ahead of George, you're actually losing your spot. And All then, because of that. And then give it right back. Just, yeah, just give it right back. I'm like, just like, ah, what are we doing? You know, yeah, Good job, Formula One. Yeah, thanks for that one. That was just the biggest inconsistency ever. It was just a mass confusion. No, it was. 100% it was. And it, well, it doesn't really matter anymore because no. Fernando got third. Great on him. I mean, Red Bull's still the team to beat, but Alonzo's showing that he could do it. And I have to say, I, I, I didn't even notice this for from last race, but I noticed it this weekend. There's an American racing in Formula yes. 1, in case anybody didn't know. Logan Sargent drives for Williams. You brought him up last week's on last week's episode. But this week, I, I finally looked at Oh, he's an American. Mm -hmm. And now he's my favorite driver. So needless to say, I'm going to get some Williams gear. He's actually not. He's actually doing pretty he's well. He's doing pretty well in there. Yeah, he than, hasn't scored points, but I well, mean, better than Scott Speed did. Better than where Williams has been before to begin with. Right. And 
I mean, so now you have your team. I, I mean, I'm a big Scuderia Ferrari guy. You can see it by the flag right over there. But I like Haas. But now I like Williams because of Logan Sargent. So if you need an Amer- if you need a reason to watch Formula One, Logan Sargent, if you're an American, if you're right. anybody else, you could pick whatever driver you want. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, that was Formula One, man. And you have anything else regarding the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix that you might have saw that I didn't bring up? Uh, no, I, I, I think that's probably one of my top three favorite tracks to go to at this point. It's just I think it's like 27 turns. It's well, a very well, technical I'm, I'm looking, track. I'm looking forward to Australia. I like Australia. It's a yeah. fun track. I can't wait to see Australia back. I mean, they've been back for a couple of years for this. I think the second year after COVID, but yeah, this is going to be a right fun race. Usually the opening race of the season mm-hmm. is Australia, but I'm glad to see it come back here, but nothing else for co or, the Grand Prix of Saudi Arabia? No. Okay. Well, the start time's coming up here. It's just Circuit of the Americas, just NASCAR, all three series, Truck Xfinity Cup. The cup race will be Sunday, March 26th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox. And another double header for the Xfinity and Truck Race. The Xfinity race will be March 25th. That's a Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. And before that, the truck race from Circuit of America will be Saturday, March 25th at 1.30. 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on FS1. Your picks to win the truck Xfinity and Cup race. We'll start off with trucks. Who do you got? I got Zane Smith repeating. Wow. Okay. Zane. I think, yeah. Zane Smith, sure. <laughs> okay. Zane Smith is for you. I'm going to go with Grant Infinger. Okay. Grant Infinger's my pick. What about Xfinity? William Byron. William Byron. William Byron's racing this weekend. Yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna be the class of the field this weekend. <laughs> racing that 17 car for Hendrick. <laughs> I'm, I'm very upset about that, but go back and listen to other episodes and just go ahead and find it. It's not gonna be tough to find what <laughs> no, my thoughts be. are about <laughs> truck cup drivers going down to the lower series. Austin Hill keeps the momentum up. He wins again this weekend. And for the cup race. I I I had a tough one trying to figure out who I really wanted to pick because I made the pick of this driver, and then I was like, when I remembered again that we had no stage breaks, I was like, ah, oh, this was tough, but I'm still going to go with it. I'm going with Tyler Reddick. Oh, okay. I think a dark horse would be Michael McDowell, but I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. I think Tyler Reddick keeps momentum going. Granted, he raced last week while he was sick. Yeah. He almost wasn't in the car last week, but heck of a finish. Yeah. Cool. He did. He's a good road course racer. He is. Road America, I believe, last year, right? It was uh no, that was Chase Elliott. No, uh he won it. Um Indy Road Course. Indy Road Course, yep. I can't remember what the other one was. But I'm going Tyler Reddick. Okay, Tyler Reddick for you. That was my backup driver. That was my second driver. Oh, okay. But like Zane Smith, I'm going back to back. Ross Chastain for oh, track cool. house racing gets okay. it done. He he wins again at Coda. He knows how to road course race. He's a good road course racer. Although be it who he's too aggressive, he wrecks people. Shut up, people. He's dropping a melon from the top of that tower this weekend, too. Oh, nice. To commemorate his win from last year. Nice. That's a big tower, too. Okay, so (laughs) Ross Chastain, for me, let us know what your picks will be using hashtag what you think ITM for the truck expanding the cup race from Coda. Preston, anything else before we get into our final thoughts here? Uh, No. All right, let's get into our final thoughts then. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about a partner that has been with Ramblin' About Racing since we were called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and since we were on the Unhinged Sports Network, and that is Fanatics. Fanatics is your one-stop shop for everything NASCAR, for your favorite driver's T-shirts, hoodies, 
hats, die cast, and so much more. But it isn't just NASCAR. I get my all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear from there, as well as my Washington Capitals gear there as well. One-stop shop for everything you need, any type of sport you need. Links can be found under the Sponsor tab at ramblingaboutracing.com, as well as the under the podcast description and YouTube description, depending on whether you're watching or listening to Ramblin' About Racing. Head over there right now and get your favorite sports gears need for this upcoming season. Final thoughts here on this week's episode of Ramblin' About Race. And Preston just commented on how cool the outro is. We're getting better, Preston. I like the checkered flag at the end. That's yeah, cool. we're getting cool. better, man. It was slowly yet surely. <laughs> Ramblin' About Race's production value is going through the roof. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming here. Yeah, Again, man. Two weeks in a row. Can't believe it. I I want to say it could happen next week, but who knows? It probably will. Okay, it probably will. And I got good faith in myself. Nice. Yeah. It must means you're starting to get your life back in order. I think so. Nice. I miss. I miss. I miss coming here and do it in, in studio, man. You know, it's well. The quality is always better when you're in studio for oh, one, yeah. and and you know, just having you hanging out with you, just a little bit of guy time, man, and and just hanging out with your buddies is, is always fun to do and and talk about racing and maybe and we, we got some stuff in the works here. And I know I keep saying that, but we always got stuff in the works. But I think we got some stuff in the works that Preston and I need to iron out work logistics on and maybe just maybe here in the next maybe month we'll start seeing we'll, we'll start giving them a test ride and see if anybody's going to and join in and, and watch that with us or, or participate in us with that and i mean i, I really would like to start an iRacing league i would really like to start a the formula one i know you're going to get a computer here soon get and i know you probably have formula one 2022 yeah i have it as well start a formula one league and i'm broadcast it i mean we can't do the paints and anything in there and change it up but it'd be fun to have everybody maybe not on equal ground or maybe equal ground and race mm-hmm. and have an official or steward saying nope penalty penalty maybe i don't know if it's like that with formula one but it would be fun to see regardless and either way i want to get you into i racing yeah because i think that would be Really funny to see because I remember when we used to do this show uh, for Unhinged Sports Network called Race Day Unhinged. You remember that? Yep. And, and there was a point in in the show where we would do it on YouTube, and I would do a, a hot lap in the marbles, hot lap Coda, right? Or in the marbles, hot lap whatever. And we would take a turn on the car, and I'd have the brakes and everything, and it was really cool to do. I think it's still on YouTube. I think we still got it on YouTube somewhere under our channel. But I remember doing that. It was it was so much fun to do. And I remember putting you in an indie car or a stock car going around Indy. And I said, okay, if you can beat my time, I'll give you 10 bucks. And you never beat my uh, time. Yeah, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, no. you never were able to beat my time. So <laughs> it was fun. I mean, let's just say there's stuff coming down the pipe for us. If you just stick with us, continue. Just fo- best yet, follow us on all social media platforms. All right. Subscribe to us on YouTube and subscribe to your regular podcast platform, wherever you listen to your podcast. And, and you'll stay in the loop. 
mm-hmm. about everything that's going on. But final thoughts here on this episode of Rambling About Racing. We got our fantasy standings from this past weekend in Atlanta and are this week in NASCAR going to leave it up to you, Preston, which one you want to do first? Uh, we can do fantasy. Let's standings. do fantasy standings. We were just talking about it actually off camera. Yeah, this is horrible. Yeah, you're, I, you're not happy I about am, this one. Well, I'm 100%. Again, I forgot to set my lineup. I was working. That's no excuse. I should have set it up. Oh, after I should have set it up now for Coda, but I, I keep forgetting it, and I don't think it really matters. So go ahead. Just, just read the standings. <laughs> Matt's not happy. <laughs> Matt's not. Matt's kicking himself more. So, so. Uh, like we alluded on last week, and you can go ahead and the read last from- two drivers or, or the last two players haven't even put anything, so it's zero. So basically, we only have fourteen people playing, okay. which is fine. W- which is fine. Yeah. If you're if, well, go ahead and read it. Uh, sitting fourteenth is Smoking Woody at six sixty five. At thirteenth, oh, there you are already. How about that? Yeah, I'm not, already that, being that's not wrong. Uh, I'm ro- yeah, six hundred ninety six points. T S Promo D. I don't know who that is. Uh, sitting 12th with 706 points. Uh, Charlie is in 11th with 726 points. The defending champion. Yep. Uh, B none three sitting 10th with 747 points. Sitting ninth is grocery getter six with 758 points. There I am in eighth at 777 points. It's like playing the jackpot almost like a slot game. Uh, S Blade sitting seventh, 778. Sissy K is sixth with 786. Super Somo 32, excuse me, sits fifth at 808. There's a two way tie for third right now between DraftKings research lineup and Matt Camper at 836 points. The Sports Stove sits second with 844. And my brother sits first the money team moon rovers at 859 points man he wants that hundred or two hundred dollar now amazon gift yeah card. he's i i don't know what he's doing he must be using up like most of his top picks because i i try to sporadically use different things i do too whenever i make my lineup oh my god maybe he's playing that strategy of like what if he just uses all the top guys in the first 10 races and just gets this lead somehow you know? and, then, and then can't lose it for the rest yeah, of somehow the season can't lose it or something i mean he's Hey, bo- shame right a now. bold move, Conan. Let's see if it works out for you. Because I looked at the le- the league from just Atlanta where I finished, and I finished like 11th. Where'd I finish? Uh, well, let's find. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know if I really want to go down this rabbit hole. Oh, boy. Oh, I- you're going to want to. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, um, wish I had a drum roll. Oh, yeah. There you are. You finished last with 87 points this past weekend. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like Bubba Wallace. <laughs> I finished 11th with 116 points. Who finished first? My brother with 175. Yeah, I think he's going top hitters all the way out. Okay. Uh, he had Blaney, Christopher Bell, Josh Berry, Noah Gregson, and Austin Sindrick. And he had William Byron in his garage. I mean, like, what? How did he get so many points? Is it because. Wait, 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 oh. wait, wait. Who were my drivers? Uh, I don't even remember who my drivers. Oh, God. <laughs> This is horrible. <laughs> I shouldn't have made this league because now I got to eat 200 bucks. Anyway. Let's see. Who were your drivers this past week? I think Logano was one of them, which is the reason I you probably had got William Byron, wrecked. Ryan Blaney. Finished well. Daniel Suarez. All right. Uh, Martin Truex and Kyle Larson. So oh, that's Kyle why. Larson only got six Wait, points. Who was in my garage? Joey Logano. Oh, <laughs> Where's the egg on your ah, face uh, noise? Oh, man. I, I knew I had Logano <laughs> somewhere in there, but. Well, uh, let's see. William Byron only got you 11 points. The person that got you the most was Ryan Blaney. He got you 37. That's great. And Truex got you 23. But, yeah. 
Yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on here to this week in NASCAR. March 27th, 1994, Dale Earnhardt enjoys a resounding victory in Darlington's Trans South 400. The 7.4 second triumph over runner up Mark Martin is Earnhardt's ninth career win on the venerable, vulnerable. That makes no sense. I can't, I don't even know. Oh gosh. See, now I'm exposing my dumbness to the world here on the track. Too tough to tame. <laughs> Good save. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you already spun out. I've, ar- I've already spun out. I mean, like I'm the fantasy things. One shy of David Pearson's all time mark of 10 wins on the 1.366 mile oval. And that happened this week in NASCAR, March 27th, 1994. For and Preston, that was this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Man, thanks again for showing up. I know it's a lot for you to drive from your town. It's like maybe what thirty minutes up the road. Yeah, about thirty. It's give or take there, but man, thanks for coming, man. I hey, really man, have, thanks for having me. Oh man, anytime, man. I mean, we created this together. Yeah, want this to succeed, and I for one sixty five. We got to be noticed eventually. Eventually, some, yes. I mean, you look at some racing podcasts, and it's like they've only done seven episodes, and they haven't done anything since. And then, now we're at 165. It's like somebody's got to be like, oh, well, at least they're consistent. Yeah. They might not be the sharpest tools instead, but they have a passion for what <laughs> yeah. they want to talk about. <laughs> That's man. very true. That is true. But anything else before we wrap it up here on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing? Nope. All right, Preston. Well, thanks again for showing up. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy Coda. And everybody else enjoy Coda out there. And with that being said, we're going to wrap it up on this week's episode of Rambling About Race. And thank you so much again for tuning in, whether you're on your regular podcast platform or YouTube. Really do appreciate you taking the time to show up and join us for this. what happened this week in auto racing. I'd like to thank our partners for the show, Devos Outdoor Lighting, Stream Sim Racing, Fanatics, and Stand Up to Cancer for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, but for what they do or belly up sports as well if you want to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com for the links to all of our social media platforms and make sure to follow us on them facebook twitter instagram and youtube for the latest and greatest in the world of all the racing short clips of this episode and much more for preston new p underscore luda i'm at beamer and beamer 22 all that can be found on twitter stay safe and we'll see you after circuit of america's